Maverick Minds podcast. I'm Catherine Lloyd, founder of Maverick Minds, a creative human development service where we work with individuals and teams to help shift your thinking, gain new perspectives and create positive change through creative facilitation and coaching. And I'm Danielle Bolton, Director of Association Solutions, a specialist secretariat and event management service. Maverick Minds podcasts are brief conversations where we unearth creative gems, people, ideas and actions that have caught our attention and think they're worth sharing with you. And I'd like to give a round of applause to Marcus, our magical music man. Each podcast, Marcus delights us with a new piece of music. He's such a clever guy, and I'm wondering what he'll come up with for this particular podcast. Because in this episode, we're getting serious about play and why it plays a vital role in your life and business. So, Danielle, I'm wondering what comes to mind when you hear the word play. Honestly, Catherine, the first thing that comes to my mind is that there's just not enough of it. I've always been one to work hard and play hard. So when there is time for play, I like to go big. And if I can, I like to take others with me. Yes, I like that idea, you party girl. So let's uh, let's go big and let's take others with us. That sounds great. So what comes to mind when you think about the idea of play in business? Well, I love to play. And when I'm running events, I I actually get to do that. And I get to think outside the box a little bit. And honestly, sometimes these can be quite simple things. They can be taking a Polaroid of people when they arrive at an event and putting it up on a pin board so attendees can see what everybody looks like. Because often, you know, a person's name, but you might not know their face. And taking Polaroids really takes people back to their childhood. And it makes me laugh as you watch their face as they shake that Polaroid picture as it develops. It's a really simple but practical idea. Um, what about you, Catherine? What comes to mind when you think about play and play in business? Yeah, well, lots of things come to mind. And immediately I start to think about how you can play with Polaroids and, you know, move the the, the um, liquid about that's in that picture or the film that's in the picture and you start to get all sorts of uh, different designs happening. So I love that, actually, the pole, go back to the Polaroid. But I think, guess what comes to mind for me in terms of play and play in business, the things like curiosity, delight, spontaneity is a big one for me, Um, this sense of buoyancy and lightness and being expansive. And I'd like to think that these ideas or qualities can be embedded in business as well, but I'm yet to be convinced about most organisations really understanding and embracing the value of play at work. Over time, organisations often become rigid and inflexible and the systems and processes that they've created, which, you know, are meant to be helpful, can become stifling and limit agility. From my experience, government agencies suffer from this. They are too weighed down by bureaucracy and regulations. And while I understand the need for processes, when they're not reviewed, um, they just seem to become these layers that suffocate the system. So there's definitely a Goldilocks effect to be had when it comes to encouraging play and creativity in business. And we're going to explore the benefits of play and why we need to nurture and embrace this intrinsic human quality. It's a topic dear to my heart, and and it was sparked again by being a guest on M. Stroud's Clowning Around podcast, where we discuss seriously playful creativity. And it's also a concept that I've explored in my book, Seriously Playful Creativity, an A to Z of Creative Action and Reflection. There are so many threads linked to play, from the philosophical roots of Plato to the current world of modern games. Explorations about play have been with us for a long time, so there must be something in it. And let's just explore a few of these threads. 
One of the basic premises is that children and adults need space for play and that play is not only what we do, it's actually a way of being in the world and is fundamental in our ongoing human development. As adults, we often don't give play a priority and yet it's so important for our mental health. As eminent psychiatrist Carl Jung said, the creation of something new is not accomplished by the intellect but by the play instinct. And in his book, The Wonder Box, Roman Krisnarek refers to 1930s Dutch historian and philosopher Johan Heisinger and his book, Homo Ludens. Heisinger inquires into the ludic or playful aspect of human consciousness, that is, the instinct for play as a natural human trait and an important element of culture and society. He stressed the play element of culture and not in culture, and that play is a central activity in flourishing societies and civilization. But I'm also aware of assumptions around creativity in play. And I recall the time I ran one of my creative living workshops. And so to encourage creativity, I use a range of processes and materials for people to explore what living a creative life means for them. And there was one person who had never played without materials as a child. And I was quite taken aback, actually, because you always think that everyone's had the chance to do that. Um, Initially, it made them quite anxious and they found it challenging when I suggested to just play and not concern themselves with an end product and just see what emerges. So it's a reminder that we've all had different life experiences and are at various stages in our development. One of the key texts that was fundamental to me is Daniel Pink's A Whole New Mind, And it was released at the time I started my doctorate. And in his book, Pink envisaged a future that would belong to people with a different kind of mind, such as artists, inventors, storytellers and caregivers. And he denoted six aptitudes or senses, which he referred to as high touch qualities and what he considered professional success and personal satisfaction will depend. And these included design, story, symphony, empathy, play and meaning. And one of the characteristics he explored for play was laughter and joy. He highlighted the laughter yoga movement developed by Dr. Madan Kataria, which is a program for health and well-being, and using laughter to, to support that. We know that play and laughter releases oxytocins, builds trust, social connection, and can help manage and release stress. And interestingly, over the past few months, I've been doing an online laughter yoga course with laughter yoga teacher Heather Joy Campbell, who is based locally in southeast Queensland. And there's a saying that laughter is the best medicine. There's a lot in this statement. And I know when I and others do the classes, there's a real shift in our way of being. It's impossible to spend 30 minutes in that playful environment and not feel uplifted. In Wired to Create, Scott Barry Kaufman comments, if there is one fundamental function of play, it is to contribute to the growth of a flexible brain that is primed for creative thinking and problem solving. This is what it means to be human. Every day we are in various states of creative thinking, problem solving and finding ourselves improvising, making things up as we go along, although we probably don't recognise it in that way. And Pat Kane, author of The Play Ethics, says, don't take play to mean anything idle, wasteful or frivolous. The trivialisation of play was the work ethics' most lasting and most regrettable achievement. This is play as the great philosophers understood it, the experience of being an active, creative, and a fully autonomous person. Through play and experimentation, ideas emerge and innovation is possible when we are not being overly precious. When we do things that stimulate spontaneity and genuine curiosity, it boosts our sense of satisfaction, meaning, and sense of well-being, 
and can enhance our work performance. The traditional work ethic holds us in its grip, particularly in times of uncertainty and fear, and we neglect play or feel it is frivolous, a waste of time, that we should be more serious and work harder for the things we care about and the work we do. Holidays become our places of respite and places of play, where if we're lucky, we are more relaxed, feel less pressured from the demands of work, and possibly more playful. But why can't we, and why shouldn't our places of work be more playful and imbue the ludic quality? There is enough evidence that shows most of us are more productive and creative when we are less serious and more playful. A psychologist and author of Flow, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi says, there is no question that a playfully light attitude is characteristic of creative individuals. We'd like to offer a few ideas for how to promote play in your life and business. Firstly, we know some of the leading creative organisations have a lot of external, physical and visual prompts like slippery slides, tennis tables, collaborative places to hang out in cafes. These are the sort of more iconic and obvious ways to encourage playing creativity. But there are more subtle interventions like the conversations people have with one another, that quality of the interaction. How do you conduct meetings, facilitate playful interactions and encourage spontaneity? And how are ideas accepted, rejected and critiqued in your workplace or at home? Think about how you currently do creativity or encourage a sense of play in your organisation or in your home and what you could do differently. Play with stories. Create opportunities for people to share stories. Stories help us remember. They help us build connections and share knowledge. We are intrinsic storytellers. We are homo narrans as well as homo ludens. The stories of play are very telling. Cultivate joy at work. Find the fun element in your work or what used to be fun and what initially attracted you to the work or your profession. Maybe it's become a bit of a drag. So no, it's time to think about what, what is the fun aspect of your work or initially was the fun aspect of your work. Make new connections. Start a community of practice at your workplace based on play or something that interests you. Invite a laughter yoga teacher into your workplace. What about an office dog or cat? We know animals can bring a sense of joy and are great contributors to our well-being. We can learn a lot from their playful qualities. As Kaufman and Grigor said in Wired to Create, the false dichotomy we've set up between play on the one hand and work on the other is not only illusory but also destructive. Hybrid forms of work and play provide the most optimal context for learning and creativity. Play with learning in your organisation. When did we think that adult learning could not be fun? What are the ways you can facilitate joyful and meaningful learning? This is such an important point. You know, recently I was involved in a program, Danielle, where one of the participants commented that they'd actually had fun. It seemed a revelation to them that learning or training could, could actually be that. So even the driest and most serious of topics can have moments of levity. It's a truly sad, sad state of affairs when we have lost the ability to make learning fun and that we've forgotten that there's real benefit in doing that. So play with creative constraints, the places between divergent and convergent thinking. See what emerges. Provide a clear picture of the constraints like resources, time and budget for people. This is very useful for play and creativity. It doesn't have to be and can't always be an open field. The blank canvas all the time, providing context and constraints, focuses our creative thinking and our ability to create within parameters. It's reminiscent of Heisinger's concept of play, where play requires structure and constraints 
and participants willing to create within limits. Games are a classic example of working within parameters. Where can you create games in your organisation to stimulate creativity, innovation, play, reflection and action? Many of us are aware of Lego's serious play, an experimental process or methodology using Lego to enhance meaningful conversations, innovation and business performance. IDEO is another organisation that has play at its heart, and in particular the Play Lab where the power of play and their work with toys, games and immersive experiences are used to encourage risk-taking and creativity to develop new products, services and business ventures. Play can be used as an important communication medium for those who have difficulties, such as children with autism. The Lego Brick by Brick program brings children together in groups of three, an engineer to design, a supplier to find the bricks, and a builder to build the design. By having this structured play, they have found children that normally struggle to work in groups are breaking down barriers. They're developing friendships and having fun. Play with curiosity. How can you remain open and curious rather than closing down and and lacking in curiosity? Curiosity is a quality of play. I'd like to give a shout out too to the Applied Improvisation Network, a global network of improvisers, seriously creative people and players who are a constant source of inspiration. And also a little shout out for the um, AIN conference that's coming up in October. And we'll put some details in our notes about that conference. Play with your environment. What can you do to make it more conducive for play and creative thinking? For instance, lighting, plants, quiet and reflective spaces, spaces for collaboration, spaces where people bump into each other and spontaneous connection happens. And what about your organisational culture? Does it genuinely believe play and creativity can help well-being and have a positive impact on your business? It's possible to apply these ideas to our home office environments too. Use play to plan and strategize. If you don't want business as usual, remember, doing the same thing will get you the same results. And one of my favourite lines from a song comes from Leonard Cohen's song anthem and the lines ring the bells that still can ring forget your perfect offering there is a crack a crack in everything that's how the light gets in the beauty and freedom of forgetting your perfect offering there is something so liberating and playful about not having your perfect offering that we can show up less perfect with ideas raw and unpolished a raw gem that has potential to be a jewel, but not always immediately. Give people autonomy and an amount of time to work on raw gems, things they are passionate about and interested in that relate to your business. Create space for people to explore, play and experiment and have confidence in presenting raw gems. Many organisations have experienced the success and, yes, failures of experimentation and investment. There needs to be a tolerance for failure as much as success. There are practical and creative ways to do this. Yes, I do think that that's a real fundamental quality to play in organisations is allowing people to have that space and time to work on things and have those raw gems hanging around in the organisation to see what actually may result out of that. And in their book, The Playful Entrepreneur, Mark Dodgson and David Gann note that play still comes naturally to us as adults and that their research identifies how play is a key aspect in the way successful entrepreneurs work. Their studies of entrepreneurial designers, philanthropists, financiers, engineers, scientists, politicians and business people show how they see opportunities and take risks while at the same time being playful. They explore and experiment, learn and adapt, express their freedom and have fun at work. And while they work hard, just like you, Danielle, 
that work is pleasurable and rewarding. This is the art of play at work. And finally, this one, a nod to our parents who for many of us would have heard the words, go outside and play. Nature is the go-to for everything. It is our greatest gift and provides us with all the questions and answers we need. Allow yourself to simply be in nature. She will delight you with her beauty and she will play with all of your senses. She affects us physically, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively and socially. Watch as she plays with light and shadows. Delight in the breeze as it brushes on your skin. Listen to the rustle of leaves and observe their changing palette. And be amazed at the rainbows she splashes across the sky and in awe of the night sky and those breathtaking sunsets. Breathe and know that the natural world is seriously and playfully at work and that you are not separate from it but a part of it. And our last offering is to share with you a television program that is featured on the ABC, the Australia, Australia's public broadcaster and television network, and it's called Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds. I fell in love with this program, and I know you did too, Danielle. Do you want to share a little bit about it? Oh, yeah, sure, Catherine, I sure do. Um, This show is an intergenerational program that has been developed where elders in the community participate in structured timetables alongside four-year-olds to encourage physical activity, social interaction, learning and happiness. The relationship that develops between the children and the older people is really heartwarming. Both the children and older people are monitored to see what measurable physical and mental changes take place within the older group and the developmental growth of the children. There are shifts that each little person and big person makes. Although it seems that the older people really have a significant shift in their overall well-being and happiness, they become more vital, stronger, confident, willing to take more risks. They become more resilient and less depressed. The children certainly also grow, particularly in relation to their empathy. All through the program, there is play, from dressing up to tea parties, storytelling, yoga, gardening, games, whoopee cushions and musical productions. It really is touching and encouraging to watch the change that happens as children learn and grow and the elders reignite their inner child. Sense of play and wonder. What's also lovely is that the relationships have continued after the official program ends. Yeah, it's so delightful. I just loved it. And we'll end on a quote by playwright George Bernard Shaw. And it fits right into this. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Human development starts from the day we are born and is there with us until our very last breath. Embracing play and spontaneity in our work and life is the greatest gift we can give ourselves and others. So what's one thing you can do for yourself and for your organisation to encourage play? And as usual, there's so much more to explore in this fascinating topic We hope this has sparked your interest and to see the value in play and why it's worth cultivating more of it in your work and life. And we'd like to thank you for stopping by Maverick Minds podcast. And we'd love you to get in touch with us if you would like to discuss how we can help you think differently about your business and inspire a creative mindset and maybe play. We love playing and co-creating with our clients. It brings us immense joy. We look forward to catching up with you next time on the podcast. We'd love you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you like our Maverick Musings podcast, please leave a review, provide a rating, like it and share it amongst your friends and family. Do get on board and become part of the Maverick Minds podcast community. See you next time. Bye for now.